I would say probably the biggest thing is make sure you're geo-blocking. It's something that the people tend to overlook. And and even with geo-blocking, you're still, I mean, yeah, can, can they bounce all over the world? Sure. But, but take out, you know, take out a portion right off the bat. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Cyber Ranch podcast. That's Leon Ravenna, CISO and CIO at Car Global, former VP of Security and Compliance at Interactive Intelligence. We're talking about the increases in cybersecurity threats and risks, increases in breadth and depth of various attacks, and increases in our own problems in dealing with those attacks. It has implications for all of us, as we have not necessarily seen an increase in the right defensive capabilities to maintain that parity we need. COVID and work from home have not helped either. It's a great conversation, and you'll enjoy listening in. Leon, thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch. Sure, happy to be here today. Welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast, recorded under the big blue skies of Texas, where one CISO explores the cybersecurity landscape with the help of friends and experts. Here's your host, Alan Alford. All right, so why don't you tell us just a little bit about your background in cyber and a bit about your day job? Sure. So uh, I've been doing technology for uh, 35 years now. Um, was a, a master of CNE way, way, way back in the day. Um, most of your listeners probably don't even know what that is anymore. Um, started doing security in uh, 2003. I was the guy that didn't step back fast enough when they asked for somebody to take security. And uh, <laughs> so it, uh, I love doing it and been doing it, uh, on and off ever since, um, had a, you know, over a 35 career, you just do stuff. And, uh, so ended up building data centers, ended up, uh, doing heavy infrastructure in, uh, financials and healthcare and been doing solely security since about 2014. It started interactive doing that. Um, my, my forte is global security, global privacy. And, uh, I, I think I'm one of the, the most, uh, certified privacy people in the world. And all that means is I took a lot of tests. So you got, you got the alphabet soup of, uh, privacy, uh, certifications after your name. Yeah. hundred percent. The, uh, the only ones I don't have right now are the, uh, the, uh, IAPP, uh, CIPT, which is the technology one, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, you know, kind of a little arrogant there. I, uh. You know, as a CISSP, I probably, I feel like they don't have to take that test. I should clap out, but you know, they don't see it that way. And I haven't done the one for Asia yet because I don't have any businesses in Asia, but, um, I'll end up doing both closures just to, just to round it all out. Nice. And then, uh, a little bit about car. We are a, uh, a multinational organization, um, in car recessionary marketing services. So everything after the sale. So when you turn in a lease, when you, um, if you're a dealer and you want to, um, sell cars, to other dealers, uh, finance, those vehicles, move those vehicles. Uh, we take care for that in North America and then in Europe. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, that's a great, that's a great background. That's a great set of stories. And I had no idea you had that many privacy creds. I'm going to, I'm going to make a mental note that if we do another show on privacy, I'm calling you. All right. We had a conversation before the show. And we were talking about the types and the breadths of attacks, um, and we, we said this would probably be a good topic for us to talk about. We specifically even included, I think we were talking about firewall attacks, we were talking about social engineering, sort of the HR and interview and job fraud stuff that's been really prevalent lately. 
Uh, I brought up ransomware, of course, is the one that never goes away. What else is on the rise from that, you know, that list of possible attacks and, and, and threats that we're facing? What else is on the rise out there? You know, it's, what's interesting is that it's all types of attacks. You mm-hmm. know, I had a, uh, I had a conversation a couple weeks ago with our uh, CFO and, and told them we're just seeing, you know, in general, uh, the, the number and type of attacks increasing. And later that evening, I, I saw an article from, uh, I think it was a video with the CEO of Checkpoint saying exactly the same thing. You know, uh, recently, I think it was last week, the uh, uh, IC3 published a, a, a set of stats from the uh, from uh, the last five years. And you can see attacks going up dramatically. You know, if you look uh, 2020 to 2021, you know, it was uh, $4.2 billion in attacks to uh, 2021, it's uh, $6.9 billion. Wow. So it's it's definitely on the rise over the last five years. It's almost $19 billion. And, and that's what people know about. You know, it's that doesn't include all of the stuff that people don't, you know, don't report to the FBI or stuff like that. All right. So so if we're seeing a general increase across the board on pretty much everything, um, we've also got these kind of relatively new ones I'm thinking of. And maybe not so new in general, but, you know, COVID and work from home have certainly increased uh, certain types of attacks are even more on the rise than they used to be. Maybe there even are some truly new ones that have come out. But I've I've heard of people getting as far as uh, getting accepted for the job, and then it turns turns out there really is no job. The whole thing is a scam. Uh, we'll send you a check to buy your yeah. stuff. Uh, you know, get your started with your office supplies or whatever. And oh, we overpaid you. Can you pay us back? And the check is bogus, and there is no job. And I mean, I've heard some horror stories of late um, related to this work from home culture. Yeah, and and what's what's really interesting. Um, if you look on LinkedIn and, and if you spend a little bit of time looking at the job postings, mm-hmm. uh, what you'll start to see is that here's the job posting. Here's the, you know, our, our stance on DEI. Here's our stance on everything that the very bottom you'll see, Hey, we will never ask you for anything. Um, our, any correspondence will always come from this domain, right. uh, things like that. That's starting to show up either in job ads or in job postings, and then, quite frankly, while you are uh, while you're filling out the the application, you'll see it as well. And it's it's really kind of insidious, you know. The what they're taking advantage of is those people that have posted their resume online; they're open to work, so they have an email address, they have a phone number, and the tactics that they're using, you know, they will come at you with. They'll send you a text, then they'll jump on a Zoom, and you'll you'll surely never see their face on a Zoom, and and they will start the whole conversation, and uh, what ends up happening is they they're looking, you know, in in some cases I've seen them going after, uh, there was a posting on on LinkedIn uh, about someone going after developers, uh, but but typically they're going the the type of stuff that uh, that seems to be prevalent is, you know, remote data entry or things like that, that are, um, you know, that are, are typically, um, not as skilled. Right. And so trying to go after the, that type of, of, uh, of person and, you know, it, it's kind of the same, you know, the same insidious theme around, you know, calling, uh, calling elderly folks. You know, I had a, I had a case a couple of years ago where uh, 
where my mom called me and she said, Hey, um, you know, my, her grandson, my son's been in an accident and he's, he's at a hospital, but they're holding him until they get $8,000. And I said, mom, it's, it's a scam. And, uh, she goes, Oh no, no, no. They, they knew, they knew his name. And I said, mom, it's a scam. And, uh, and I said, when, when, if they call back, let dad answer. Um, uh, my, my dad is Sicilian and, and, uh, and is more than happy to light <laughs> people up. And, uh, and so that, that lasted about 30 seconds after they called back. And, uh, you know, but the, but the problem is she would have been more than willing to pay it because, you know, the, the emotional ties to, you know, my, my grandson right. is in trouble or, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for a job. I don't have one. And here's someone who is, you know, offering and, uh, and I've seen, I've seen cases where, you know, your people have talked to them and they, they feel like it's real. It's, you know, something seems kind of off, but you know, when you're, when you're really, really looking for a job, it's, uh, it's pretty insidious. And then to find out that, you know, they, they've stolen your data or you've sent them money, um, just, just compounds sure. the whole problem and the, 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 the tactics you know, again, it's not something you can really go back to, you know, in Indeed or a LinkedIn or a, a monster and say, Hey, you, you've done something wrong because they're, they're using alternate means, right. you know, they're probably using a burner phone for text and, you know, you, you right. can't really and, and about the only thing that can be done is the real companies having all those disclaimers, like you will never get this. You will never, you know, it's the same thing as my credit union. They, they always tell you when you log in, we'll never contact you and ask for this or that or the other. The IRS will always say, we will never text you or call you. You will always receive a letter. You know, you, you get these disclaimers from the actual entities who are being impersonated, but what else can be done besides the actual entities reminding you, Hey, that won't be me. If you get this kind of a scam, like what else can be done about those kinds of scams? I don't think there's a whole lot. I mean, you know, e even if you report to law enforcement, there's not much they right. can really do about them. Uh, you know, if, if you give them the, the number they called from, you know, potentially, but it, it's probably a burner phone. I mean, the, you know, in, in a lot of these cases the realistically it's education, Yeah, you know, it, it's, Hey, you know, no one, no one should ever ask you for money for a job interview. Right now, there, there right. may be there may be cases where that's true, but you know, in in general, nobody should ever ask you for money to, to interview. Nobody mm -hmm. should ever, you know, it, it 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 all goes back to if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Right, and right. it's it's amazing, you know, the when when you're kind of in the you know in in the heat of the moment, in the you know, hey, I'm. I, there's someone offering me a job. I want to do this. And yeah, you know, it, it's, it, it ends up being, you know, always, always, always be paranoid about it. Yep. So I think that's, I think that's good. So let's switch back to some of these other attacks. We talked about the more traditional, you know, firewalls and social engineering and, and ransomware. And some of these ones that are targeting the enterprise, not these poor individuals that are, that are, you know, as we said, not a whole lot we can do other than hopefully educate and train right. them. Some of these other attacks, you know, the vendors have a have a chance at these other ones, right? Like what we just described was a set of attacks that really the best you can do is the impersonated entity can try to warn you. We can do education and awareness training in general, call our family members, talk to the kids that are applying for jobs, talk to our elderly parents, right. whatever that might be. But then we have that set of problems that the vendors are out to solve. And the question is, if all these attacks are on the increase so dramatically, are the vendors keeping up? Are we seeing the defenses equally uh, you know, increased here, or is there something that the, the entire vendor ecosystem is missing? 
You, you know, I, so that's a, that's really about a, a 17 part question, but uh, <laughs> let, 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 let's break it down. Um, you know, when, when you think about it, you know, are the vendors keeping up? You know, I, I would say they are and they aren't. Okay. You know, the, they're, they're surely not, not keeping up on, you know, nation state attacks, things like that. Um, they're, they're keeping up on the, the basics of moving people forward. But quite frankly, you know, that one of the things that's, that's quite frankly, the most annoying that you'll ever see if, if you watch LinkedIn is, you know, when there's an attack, you know, everybody comes out, oh, our, our product will fix that. Right. Well, that's great. Except what's the lift to put your product in? And if it's, if it just happened yesterday and now, you know, the marketing bits got spun up, you know, it, it, it takes me, you know, aggressively 30 days to get your product in and then, you know, 30 to 45 days to implement it, you're, you're dead anywhere. Right. You know, right. so, you know, it, it's, it, I think the, the vendors are keeping up. I think the, I think we'll end up seeing a lot of consolidation over the next five years. Yeah. Quite frankly, I, I, my guess is that, that for good or for ill, you probably see three major vendors in five years. It'll yeah. be Amazon, Google, and Microsoft. Right. Uh, and then they, some ancillary folks, um, as, as quite frankly, they're spending the money to try and, and fix things. Mm -hmm. But realistically, I think the combination of our, our vendors keeping up. Yeah. For the most part, there's, there's always new attacks that they're missing, you know, and, and, or are, are we as organizations really executing? Right. You know, it, when, when you look at, at an organization and you, and you really take stock of how many tools do you actually have and how many of them are implemented? Yeah. You know, how yeah. many, how many do you have that, that you bought and well, they're sitting on a shelf, you, right. you never got to it. And you know, the, the buying part doesn't, doesn't help. You. Right. Right. You know, it, it executing part. So I think there's, you know, I, I think there's some, uh, some, you know, not think there's a, a ton of shared responsibility there Agreed. that you know, are, are you, are you getting the right stuff, but then are you actually implementing it, tuning it and, you know, take care for it? Yep. Not shelfware, not, uh, turned on, but not configured where, whatever you call that, you yep. know, the, 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 Hey, we plugged it in and turned it on. Oh, rules. Did you put any rules in it? Um, you know, those, those kinds of problems. There's actually probably a, a pretty, you know, a pretty substantial cottage industry. Yeah. It just helping people install the stuff they never got done. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. That makes good sense. So, so how about what the vendors are doing right then? If we think, if we think, you know, let's assume that these claims, you know, the bad thing happens and, and 18 vendors come out on LinkedIn and all claim, if you had us, you could have stopped that particular yeah. bad thing. You know, the ambulance chasing happens. Let's assume they really are accurate. To your point, let's assume they are accurate. What are they doing right in, in helping to solve these problems? Is it, you know, th there's got to be some steps they're taking that are the right steps that are getting in, yeah. getting to us in a timely manner. Yeah, they're, they're doing... Um, in a lot of cases, they're doing the right things. You know, um, you know, I, I've, I've talked with Sam Curry over at Cyber Reason, you know, uh -huh. super good guy looking, looking for stuff. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of really wicked, smart people trying to go after and, and help you be as good as you can be. And, and I, I think they're doing the, the right things The the biggest problem right now for people, I, 
I would imagine is, what do I choose? You know, yeah. how do how do I go choose something? Um, you know, I I spend a not a fair amount, but I I work with three or four different VC firms, mm-hmm. and it's just looking at new technology. It's understanding not so much what the technology is, but what are the problems that you're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how how are you going about it? You know, a couple of years ago, we looked at uh, at cloud posture tools. And one of the things that I just wasn't seeing in the, in the, that was currently state of the art was I didn't see anything that was looking for data spillage. Mm. So where, where do you find, Hey, you have email addresses out in the open. And, and we, we set about looking to solve the problem, not necessarily what technology was the coolest. Right. You know, and, and, and one of the things I think that the, the cloud vendors are doing very well right now is the majority of them are moving away from, Hey, you've got to install an agent, Yeah, but it's role-based. So the lift to get things done is remarkably smaller. So your, your speed to value is faster mm-hmm. and you could actually get good data sooner. Yeah. You know, those, those type things are, are incredible, you know, as people start to move out of their, their on-prem data centers into things that can be, you know, set up via roles. Um, it's ideal. All right. Let's pause right there for a very quick over the top Texas style commercial. Howdy y'all asset management for it and security sure ain't easy. And our networks are fixing to get more complex, but I reckon there's a better way of doing things. And it starts with Axonius. Axonius helps you lasso everything in your environment, devices, users, software, and more to provide an always up-to-date inventory, uncover gaps, and automate action. You want a free walkthrough of the platform? Head on over to axonius.com get dash a dash tour. That's A-X-O-N-I-U-S dot com slash get dash a dash tour. You know, for me, the, I've always, I call it Yaffa, Y-A-F-A, yet another freaking agent syndrome. Um, you know, you've, you've got that balance of agents that can do what only agents can do. And then you've got the benefits of, you know, the, the environmental awareness, I think cloud and, and, and that world have given us a better sense of self-awareness of the network than we ever had on prem. Right. I, I think your Azure, your AWS, your, your GCP, these, these, these guys have got integrated tools and tooling that help you understand their entire environment, the VMs within the containers within, you've got a lot more contextual awareness. That's agentless, I think with cloud than we used to have on prem. But even then, I still argue that uh, sometimes the agent is the right way to go, right? Yeah, yeah. There's there, there's no doubt. I mean, when you're when you're looking for, you know, specifics about something, you know, yep. you know, endpoints, you're always going to have agents, unfortunately. Yeah. But you know, but but you have to, okay. Um, in now things like um, the the cloud posture tools that will look at. You know, hey, I'm doing continuous vulnerability scanning. I'm, you know, you're, you you may end up, if you set things up right, you may end up with a better inventory in the cloud than you have on print. Yes. You know, yes. And, and, and that's, and that just seems ironic. Yeah. But it's true because you're, you're not worried about, you know, did I get the agent installed right? Is the agent healthy? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just always there. And, uh, so you know, we, there are things where you need agents, but the, the, 
if if there is one thing that that vendors can be doing is you know to combat the whole notion of I, i've got to inst- i've got to implement it's going to take me you know 45 days 90 days 180 days to get something done how do you take the lift and reduce that so i'm actually getting value for your tool faster right you know you know, for instance, one of the things that, that people should probably be doing on a regular basis is for every tool they buy in the, in the cloud, the, the, the SaaS based, I'm not paying for it all up front because you're not getting value until you actually get it implemented. Right. You know, so if, if people were, you know, looking to buy something, they know it's going to take them, you know, 90 days to get implemented. They should be looking at a, a stair step on what they're buying. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and more just from my, Hey, does it save me a few bucks? Probably. Um, you know, are you buying what you need and then, then co-terminately that works. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a really good point because it's always the contracts that the, the you know, the bottom line dollars is what drives the vendors to, to change behaviors. I think right. that's a brilliant approach. E- even if it's something as simple as like, Oh, we're only going to do one account for the first three months because it's going to be Fred over here setting the whole thing up. Uh, and once it's live, we'll we'll add more accounts or whatever kind of stair stepping you can do, depending on the tooling, right? Well, yeah, and even if you, for instance, endpoint stuff, you know, if if you know that you can't you can't get stuff done for ninety days, right? Well, let's let's buy a third, a third, a third, yep, and save a little bit of money. You know, everything is is subscription based now, so yep. why pay full subscription for those couple months? I mean, that's just pure, you know. Sure, extra residents. Yeah, 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 yeah. Start start with ten thousand endpoints, and by the third month, you're up to thirty thousand. Just just right. slice up the estate. Yeah, anything you can yeah. do to stair step. That's a really clever approach because it holds them accountable, and then it incentivizes them to get quicker. Right? Yeah, absolutely, it does. That's perfect. All right, let's get into a speed round here. Let's talk about some of these particular attacks and some of the things we can do. And and it's not so much just like what do we do about the attack per se. What do we do about the increase in these attacks, like firewall attacks? We're seeing more of that lately. Which is yeah. kind of ironic, given that we've got WAFs, given that IDS IPS is already like long established. What do we do about this increase in firewall attacks? You know, I I would say probably the biggest thing is make sure you're geo blocking. Mm. You know, it, it it's something that that people tend to overlook. Yeah, and and even with geo blocking, you're still. I mean, yeah, can can they bounce all over the world? Sure, but but take out you know take out a portion right off the bat. Right. Right. And make sure that your geoblock rules are number one, number two, not, you know, three, four hundred. Right. Right. I love it. Okay. HR interview job fraud. I think we already covered. I'll skip that one. Yep. Phishing. On the rise. What do we do about that increase in phishing attacks? One of the things that I, I've seen people doing is layering tools. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you might use, a, you know, an iron port or proof point as your big, big front door. Yep. Uh, do you have something that's looking that's a little bit more nuanced afterwards? You know, if you if you look at at mail, say you're in, you know, uh, say you're in Ops 365, you've got three ways to protect mail. You've got your security mail gateway, you've got journaling, and you've got API. So you've got the the option to do three different vendors there. Right. Uh, I would look at layering, and I would make sure that uh, that you got DMARC turned out. Right. So DMARC you know, is if, good. If you got DMARC turned up, you know, let, let the internet drop some of that stuff for you. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Here's another one we hadn't talked about yet at all. Insider threat also on the rise. I, I did a little research before the show. Insider threat is in fact on the rise as well. 
Yeah, the you know the the insider threat piece is uh, is is interesting. Um, we actually just sold our biggest business unit, and most of the folks are still on our network um, mm. that moved over to the new company. Um, you know, I, I think insider threat. There there are a bunch of things you can do, but quite frankly, some of it's administ well administrative and technical. You know, are are you blocking USBs from uh, from being able to to copy data out. Right. You know, you have to have them turned on for mice and stuff like that. But, you know, are you doing something simple like that? Are you watching, you know, what you have with box and Dropbox? Are you watching yep. the, you know, the file sharing sites? Um, what are you looking at from a, at a high level from a DLP standpoint? Yeah. You know, do you need it? You know, and, and, and but I really think taking some of the, the basics and, you know, quite frankly, you know, the, the, the base controls, you know, eliminating admin rights, taking away USB, the ability to copy data. Um, you're, you're protecting, you know, where you can. Okay. Okay. I like that answer. All right. Next one, we're going to pivot again here. Credential stuffing also on the rise. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there it's, it's more just, uh, go back to the, back to the basics, make sure that, uh -huh. that you're covering what you can. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we've done is, is I, I think a decent job at training. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we changed our training about, uh, three years ago. Uh, I, I put out a, uh, I put out a, a, you know, the, the once a year test with, you know, the or class with test that was 45 minutes long. I thought I was going to get my tire slashed. Right. And, uh, and, and I, I moved to a, to a system where it's every other month, about six to seven minutes, and it's, it's more Perfect. low overhead. Perfect. So we're, we're getting training in people's hands on a, a more frequent basis. And we'll cover things like, you know, fishing on a regular basis, credential stuffing, um, you know, things like ACH fraud, that's really on the rise. Um, you know, those types of things where, where we're trying to get, get in, into people's hands as quick as possible. And it's, it's showing because our, our fish testing looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, now we still see stuff coming in, but that's where we're, we're layering stuff to help. So. Right. Right. Yeah. To your aforementioned multiple layers of email protection. Yep. All right. Here's one that's also on the rise that, that isn't the same type of category as the others, because it's really, a, it's a whole nother thing we're talking about here, but zero day exploits. There's actually been more of those. The The number of zero days being found over time has, in fact, increased. But there's zero days. This isn't the same kind of thing as, oh, we plan this and do that and type this and type that. What do we do about zero days? Well, so I, I think the, 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 the best thing you can do there um, is how fast can you react? Yeah. Okay. So here, here's where you have to combine security and it. Okay. So I'm, I'm delivering, I either for say Google Chrome. Okay. I either open up Chrome, So it's getting automatic updates. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which, which is fine. Or if, if you're good enough at your software distribution that you are looking for, Hey, here's a, here's an update. How fast can I get it out to my population? Right. And so so essentially taking one of two tags, either I'm turning, I'm, I'm opening stuff up. So the Adobe's, the Edge, the Chrome, that type of stuff, that's always a tag, mm -hmm. okay? 
um, either open it up or how fast can you automate the rollout to your, to your organization? Right. And, and I think the, the, you know, for those enterprises that, you know, need to lock, say Chrome down or they won't let automatic updates. It, it's working through the process of just how fast can I do it? Can I get it to an hour? Can yeah. I get it to 30 minutes? And, you know, I, I know organizations that do that on a regular basis. And so what's interesting then is you don't worry about the zero days because you're getting it done as fast as possible. So you've built that into your cadence of how you deliver software and not necessarily, oh no, my whole day got ruined because there's a, a new exploit. Right, right. And, and I'll tell you, all my years in all my shops that I've worked in in various roles, I think one time did I work for a company where they were in charge of all software distribution. They were the ones who pushed all the patches centrally. You know, I, I'm speaking as the end user here. Um, and they could actually keep up to within a few hours. Yeah. Zero day hit and boom, everybody got the patch. Like within a few hours, one company in my life has actually had that level of skill and capability there. Yeah. There, there's actually been a couple companies I've worked for that can do it. Um, okay. You know, oddly we, we were, um, way, way, way back in 95, um, we were pushing software updates with, uh, windows three, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably way ahead of the curve, but, uh, you know, if, if you got to do something a thousand times, you're going to script it. So, yeah. uh, just work. And, and quite frankly, it, the more that you can automate there, the better you are at, at everything else that you're doing. Agreed. Full agreement on that one. All right, we're going to come up with another category I just invented called Thousand Day Exploits. <laughs> the stuff that's been around forever. Vulnerability management should be addressing, but it's not. It's on the rise. More exploits of the older stuff are, in fact, happening. How do we deal with that increase? Yeah, there, there, there's actually actually two ways there. And it, 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 this is where you go back to the basics. You know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's PYS. You know, it, it's patch your stuff. Um, you know, and then quite frankly, the, you know, looking at a, you know, a Kenna, a risk sense. And, you know, when you look at, you know, how many low vulnerabilities you have that may end up getting exploited over time, but the combination of understanding your vulnerabilities because you're scanning on a regular basis, uh, you know, you're scanning in the cloud on a continuous basis and then combining that data. Mm -hmm. And then looking at it versus threat and tell mm -hmm. to tell you, Hey, here's, here's what's actually meaningful. So here's, here's a remote code. Here's something that's trending. Here's something that's weaponized. So you're, you're, you're not eliminating the need to, to patch more, but you have an understanding of what's actually been exploited and, and being able to go after those things. Yeah. So it, there's, there, there's new stuff coming out that will take. You know, it's kind of an overlay for your, you know, Rapid7, Tenable, Qualys, yep. and other stuff. Say, okay, here's the stuff to really go focus on. And and that's where I'd be looking there. You're you're still going to be vulnerable to the, you know, the, the cross-site scripting in applications that that hasn't been taken care of. And, right. you know, that's where, where hopefully your WAP picks it up unless your application absolutely has to have it to run, which, you know, oddly many applications do. Um, you know, so, uh, that's how I would look at that one. 
Yeah, I, I like that. And that's actually it dovetails with one. Um, I gave a talk at RSA and I was talking about the fact that the CVE database is now mapped to the MITRE database, which is mapped to 853, which is mapped to CSF. And that you can, in theory, when you're dealing with these thousand day exploits, start from where you know specific kill chains are. Start from specific yeah. vulnerabilities that you know you care about and are concerned about. You, you run your, your vuln scan and you come back with 10,000 things. And obviously it's like, oh, what do I do? Well, let's tackle the ones that we know are specific kill chains or specific exactly. vulnerabilities that have the highest CVE scores. Or you can start to at least triage and slice and dice that pile that way, right? And I think that's the same thing you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you said 853, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. Right? <laughs> I, I put one of those in in 2014 and, and you know, I can't argue with any individual control, but an aggregate, it was no fun. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, hey, going back to the credential stuffing for one second. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we do is when we get reports, yeah. whether it's from Threat Intel or, you know, things like um, in, in the past bid site that say, hey, you've had, you know, somebody's credentials have shown up, you know, so, you know, somebody used, a, you know, at enterprise.com for LinkedIn mm -hmm. and, you know, they come back and say, Hey, we found this at LinkedIn when they had a, a bridge a long time ago or at some other place, we actually take those. And as a courtesy, send them out to people mm. to say, Hey, by the way, you, you need to go, go take a look at this. Yeah. And, and actually the first time we sent it out, the very first email I got back about 30 seconds later was, Hey, it's just a fishing thing. And, and, and then do I need to shut down my account? No, just go change your password. And, and while you're there, you know, it, 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 it MFA. Right. Right. You know? But so some of those courtesy things that you look at and say, oh, you know, uh, Johnny got caught because he's using, you know, is at enterprise.com and, uh, but it, it's more of a, a courtesy for them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Kind of a proactive, have I been pwned, get them out there and. Yep. And, and get them aware of it and, and looking at it right away. Yeah, it's funny how, uh, you know, even now today, I'll, I'll get some of those fake, uh, you know, some account of mine that got compromised in some environment or entity 15 freaking years ago. And yeah. I'll still sometimes get those, we know your password. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, no, you yeah, don't. It's, the, it's that I, I've still gotten, you know, it, it, it as recently as in the last couple months, you know, I, I have a rich uncle in Nigeria. I just never knew it. And, he, and he's still showing up. You know? That's awesome. That, um, I'm glad he's still reaching out and still cares about you. All right, so let's let's do one final hard question here before we get to our end question that we ask every guest. And the final question uh, for this this topic is: If all these attacks are on the rise, and if spending in cybersecurity is also on the rise, uh, why isn't why isn't the defense keeping up with the offense? What's your theory? Well, you know, it, 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 this is going to be cliche, but they've got to be right once mm. and you've got right on time, you know, and it, 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 it sounds cliche, but it's a hundred percent, right. You know, if, if you have, you know, in your organization, just for argument's sake, you've got a thousand vulnerabilities. Okay. And, you know, during any, any particular patch window, if you're able to set that up, but during any particular patch window, are you going to get everything? Um, no. yeah, probably not. And, and quite frankly, I, I go back to, um, if you take a drive down any major street in the city, okay, mm -hmm. you're going to see 10 companies with their names on the outside of the building. And if their names are on the outside of the building, they've been there for 10, 15 years. So they have one of three problems. They've got a Java problem. They've got a .NET or Java.NET. They've got a segmentation problem. They've got an AD problem. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Especially AD. You know, it, there, there hasn't been, you know, they've had people's hands in that for 15 years and nobody wants to touch what Johnny did 10 years ago because right. it'll break. Right. You know, so, so you have a certain amount of inherent risk all the time. Yeah. And if you look at 10 of those companies and you ask them, do you have one, two or three of these problems? Nine of them will say, yeah, I've got, you know, I've got those in the templates line. Right. You know, it, it just, it's, <laughs> it's a function of, you know, the, especially like those big Java systems. Yeah. You know, when you finally get the running life they're supposed to, people are so afraid the wit's going to blow wrong and they're going to fall over. Yeah. You know, that they don't want to touch it. Yeah. And, you know, so there's, there's always an amount of inherent risk that, you know, companies are going to have. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, you know, if they could be, you know, very aggressive, if they could be, you know, everything greenfield cutting edge, you still are going to fall into the, you know, Hey, that's not going to impact us, you yeah. know, and quite frankly, you know, it, the, the minimum you want to do is put that, you know, kind of the security system side in your front yard that says, Hey, there may be something here. Go see the guy next door. Yeah. Before you come see me now that it, it is what it is. Yep. So. Okay. All right. Well, final question. This is the one I ask every guest. Uh, I give you a magic wand and you can wave this magic wand and you can change any one thing about cybersecurity. And I'm talking about anything. Could be the ecosystem, the the people, the process, the technology, any one thing in cybersecurity. You can change it with a wave of a magic wand. What do you change? What I would probably change is some of the arrogance. Mm. You know, the, the, the problem is that, you know, when we like to think of ourselves, not as Dr. No, as, you know, Hey, you can't do that, but right. Hey, let it help you fix that. Let us recommend some ways you can do it better, faster, cheaper. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, there's too much, you know, overall, well, these people did something stupid. Right. Well, the problem is that these people are in your own company. Yes. And, and when you, you have that type of, of adversarial relationship, mm -hmm. then it's hard. You know, yep. one of the, one of the interesting things about being CISO and CIO is that, that I don't have most of that adversarial relationship. Sure. The voices in my head still argue back and forth, uh, but they're usually trying to get to the same spot. Right. And, and if anything, it would be, let's, let's make the relationship better between those that you're helping to helping to secure. Yeah. CISO and CIO under one, uh, under one umbrella and one brain rather, um, vuln management becomes much more like a purple teaming type s yeah. scenario, right? Like that's one of the benefits I've always seen in that joint role right there is vuln management is a very different game that, that adversarial nature of it just drops away completely. Well, fantastic. Leon Ravenna, CISO and CIO at car global. Uh, thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch. Thank you listeners. Y'all be good now. <laughs>